Welcome to the A Plus EdTech Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley McBride. And in this episode, I have a conversation with Victor Small. Victor is a teacher from California in the Northern Bay Area. He's on special assignment at Edna Brewer Middle School. He's also a doctoral student for educational leadership with an emphasis in social justice. He's also the co-moderator of the Restorative Justice League. Now, this is a social media group, and actually, I first met Victor in social media. When we met, it was through Ed Camp Voxer, and there was a new group that was just being formed called Restorative Justice. And it's emphasized talking about restorative justice, basically what is it and how could we implement it in our schools. Since then, that group has taken off and it's now called the Restorative Justice League. It's active on all branches of social media. Thank you so much, Victor, for coming and uh, talking to me today. Sure. So can you can you tell us what is restorative justice? Restorative justice, that's the million dollar question. There's two really good answers to that. For one, it's a system. Uh, it's it, it's a system of justice. So, you know, like there's the there's the criminal justice system. Uh, you do something wrong. You're 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 fined or you you know, you can you can do time in jail, you know, to, to serve your debt to society. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, restorative justice as a system doesn't like to look at things in those terms. It's more of if you cause harm to someone or the state, you then need to restore the harm that was caused. So in a sense, it's 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 a lot more direct of a rehabilitation system. You basically, you're able to get past the crime you've committed by fixing what you did, basically. And so when, when, you, when you implement that into a school, it doesn't, it looks like, you know, students aren't, you know, instead of students are getting detentions or suspensions or, you know, punishments doled out based on what they've done. It's more of you've harmed this person or you've harmed the school in this way and now you're going to fix it. And that's how that's how you move past it. What is the purpose behind using restorative justice? Well, I mean, the real the, there's two things. I mean, it, first, it teaches you how to be a good person, really. I mean, when you think about it, if, if, if you're made to think about life in terms of whenever I do something wrong, I can f- try to fix it or I should try to fix it. It gets you into that habit. And I think that makes you that makes you a better person. You're, you're trying to right your wrongs when you commit them. On the other hand, it, it also an unintended effect, I guess, or intended effect, depending on who you are. Um, it keeps kids in school a lot more than opting to exclusionary you know, practices. Um, so, you know, rather than kicking the kid out, you know, you're able to keep them in the room and everyone's able to recognize, hey, you did a bad thing here. You're going to fix it or you're going to we're going to work together to fix this. You doing the heavy lifting generally, but we're going to we're going to work on how you can fix this and you'll you'll be able to stay in here and we can move on with life, really. Okay, so what what does that look like in order to keep them in school as opposed to uh, having them do ISS or OSS or anything like that? How do you make sure that they fix as opposed to punish? Well, I mean, you've got to have some – you've got to create buy-in for them, of course. I mean, 
like you've got to you've got to help them want to be there. So that you do that through team building, culture building. You you create an atmosphere where students want to be there. They want to belong to it. They want to get to know each other. You have them. You know you can have classes do challenges. Um, that's what I what I began the year with. We began the year with challenges. We began the year with team building, letting them get to know each other, uh, letting them build relationships with each other, with myself. So that it's a situation where, like, they don't really want to leave. We're, we're on a level to where, like, kids can level with each other about issues. They can level with me about issues. It's not a situation where there are people in the classroom that the kid doesn't know. You know everyone. You, you have an idea of, of what buttons not to push. And you're probably not going to push them because you know what buttons not to push. So that's 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 a big thing there. That'll help keep a lot of things from happening. The other piece to it is, you know, the, the teacher has to change their mindset in terms of behavior. So what we usually go into a classroom doing is we're looking for, you did this, so I'm going to do this now. Or you did this, so now you get this. With restorative justice, you have to be proactive. So you've got to see where the kids are at now and try to deal with them for where they're at now. And that's going to be a mix some days. I mean, if a student, if someone died in a student's life, you know, you know, if someone dies in our life, we're going to get bereavement leave. They're not going to get, they're going to have to come to school if their parents make them come to school. Does that make sense? So you might have a situation where a student has been made to come to school and it's not ready to be in school. It's not emotionally there. It's not mentally there. Their mind is on something else. Their emotions are something else. And frankly, your class is not going to be the thing that gets them out of it, potentially. It, that's a possibility. Being able to recognize that is important. How do teachers in this type of environment say that something like you just said happens? Somebody passes away and, and the student has to go to school because their parents are having them go to school or any other thing that might have happened at home. How, how does the teacher get that information to really know that something's going on? Is it student responsibility, parent responsibility, or is it just a cultural thing as to how the school d handles that? Well, okay, I'll, I'll put it to you like this. I, I think this is the easiest way for me to say it. I wouldn't say that it's, it's anyone's responsibility. But if you're my friend and someone dies in my life and I, and I feel a friendship with you, I will probably tell you. And if you give students the opportunity to talk about what's going on in their lives in the beginning of the class, you're going to get that. What I what I did a lot of times every every day with my advisory class, um, especially and, 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 it, and it got to my classes, too. I called roll with a question. I mean, generally, it's a question. It has something to do with them being able to explain something about them. Maybe it's a question about them personally. Maybe it's a question about how they're doing. So it's like uh, something like, uh, you know, could you describe how you're feeling based on a weather pattern? You know, so if you're if you're having a good day or you're happy, you're sunny. If you're not having a good day, you know, you're you're stormy. And that way the kid doesn't have to explain necessarily right then, you know, that they're in a bad mood or that something necessarily happened to them. But they can give you the you can you can get an indication of where your student is and you can follow up with them. Hey, um, I remember, you know, in the circle in the, in the morning, you you know, you said you were feeling really stormy is, you know, is everything OK? Should I be worried about you? You know, and then you give a student a chance to say, well, you know, uh, I'm dealing with this. This happened yesterday. This happened. And you can get them help, which is probably a lot more helpful to them and their psyche and your psyche than 
dealing with the fight of trying to get them to do their work when they're not there. That makes sense. That does make sense. So you, you talked about building a culture with the students or a community. And what happens when a new kid comes in? Is there some sort of procedure to, to bringing them into that community? Do you have any experience with something like that? Well, okay. So there's a couple of things that you have to keep in mind when new kids come. Uh, just because the kid is new doesn't mean the kid is new to everyone that's there. It could be that the kid is new to you. Uh, when you have a circle to begin with every class, you get a chance to address that. So, you know, you notice that you have a new kids. Maybe this circle today, everyone can introduce themselves and tell one thing about themselves. You know, within this within this framework, you can you can ask, you know, students, hey, you know, this person's new. Can you can you get them up on the procedures? Can you help them understand what's going on in the class? You know, you can do that. And kids will do that, you know, and if they if they won't do that, they'll tell you someone who probably will, because that's what my classes will do. You know, I'm not. No, I'm not. Could you Rigoberto will do it? Could you ask Rigoberto? Rigoberto? Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do. You know, so you'll when you have a class where the kids get along with each other, bringing someone in is a little bit easier because they can start to explain that culture to them. Here's what we do. This is Mr. Small's class. This is what's expected. This is what we're going to do in the morning. This is what we're going to do here. You know, let me get you set up with this thing. Let me get you set up with that thing. You know, and then you have someone that's advocating for this new kid just as much as the new kid probably should, but wouldn't know what to advocate for. And that happened all the time. We were a charter school. We had kids coming and going. Having a student that, you know, then you might even accidentally have created a relationship between those two students. Now you've given this person a friend potentially. So you mentioned something about circles. Can you mm -hmm. explain can you explain those circles? Are they specific procedures or is it just everybody getting a circle and talk? I mean there's a, there's there's like a half a million reasons why you would have a circle in restorative justice. A lot of them are for team building uh, reasoning, social emotional learning, having important and difficult conversations, talking about behavior, airing out concerns, reflection, learning. I've taught lessons through it. I have, I mean, there's a lot of different things that you can do with a circle that, that, that doesn't necessarily come to mind. Like, you know, I've seen teachers that will put their kids into small groups, right? If you're in a circle, you're in a large group. Generally, going into a small group isn't a terrible or quick, isn't a long thing because people are in a circle. So you guys can just circle up, you know, over there, that side of the room can circle up, you know, you four on that part of the circle can circle up. There's, there's, there's so many different variations and reasons for it. If you remove yourself from the circle, now you have a Socratic seminar, basically. Do you have any methods for teaching students how to interact in the circle? Do you have specific rules or... Um, ways to make sure that teachers, uh, teachers, that students are respecting each other whenever they're in that circle. Well, I mean, there are rules to the circle. I mean, and you, you, and you know, once if you if you get the training for restorative justice, like they go over the rules and the procedures in the beginning of most circles. Like, there's a set procedure. There's there's a reason for everything that you do. If okay. that makes sense. But a lot that goes into it is the understanding that you you have you have power as a teacher. And you're giving the kids a chance to experience being in power. And that's a scary thing. It's a scary thing as a teacher to pass a talking piece around, 
you know, because we all have those kids in our class that we know, oh, man, I don't really want to oh, know yeah, what they're going to say out loud <laughs> right now. But you got to you got to give oh, yeah. them that chance <laughs> to do it. You have to. One of the things that I that I did at the beginning of um, when I started, you know, going ex- I turned my room exclusively into a circle. And before I did that, I wanted to make sure that we had a shared understanding of what values um, needed to be in the room. So we took a day and we basically hashed out, here are the values that we're going to work toward in this classroom. And this is an accepted list of values. We all value these words. So for one class, it was respect, tenacity, cooperation. One group, one, one class put growth mindset. We want to show a growth mindset. If you if you give them a chance to 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 tell you what they deem to be important, you'd really be surprised what they'll find. <laughs> and and they really want to hold themselves to to some uh, standard. There might be one or two kids that have difficulty with that, but by and large, everyone wants to be respected. And so if they understand that, you know, to to get respect, it takes respect being shown to others. That that really helps too. So what, as far as the building, the school building is concerned, from administration down, what does restorative justice look like in the school? In a school, you have, there's a commitment to the culture of the school, the culture of the classrooms, the cultures of the grade levels. The culture, every every thing has specifics to it. You belong to multiple things. You belong to multiple pieces. And so administra- administration that buys into that understands that, frankly, you're going to need an assembly or two where kids just blow off steam, where they just do a bunch of silliness. Maybe they play a bunch of silly games. Maybe they just dance. You, you've got to understand that you've got to give kids chances to blow off steam. So as a school administrator, that's that's something that's got to be worked into the schedule. It's got to be worked into the schedule time to talk about things that aren't necessarily related to school. You've got to talk about that stuff. Would you say but, that's the one of the harder things to get accomplished as far as like getting this through administration or anything like that is to make sure that that time for that community building, that silliness, that um, blowing off steam, uh, because there's a lot of standards. There's a lot of stuff we got to get ready for, for the end of the year, for testing and projects and all that academic stuff that we've got to do. Is this, is this a, a hurdle that is hard to get through administration or do most administrators see a value in it? So the administration that I've worked with and I guess are, are working with value the culture. But if you're if your administration doesn't value culture, you, you might want to show them the research around it. because uh, there 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 are there's quite a bit of research about making kids feel like they belong somewhere, giving kids chances to get up and move. And that's a problem on the high school level to, to, to a large extent. I mean, if kids don't have PE, if, if they don't have PE in their schedule, you're, you're probably not moving a whole lot unless you're changing classes. So giving kids a chance to blow off steam, giving chan- giving kids a chance to move around, giving them a chance to be a kid. I mean, you, you got to give them that at some point. So since we're talking about the school as a whole, how can schools get started using restorative justice? I would suggest you get the training. I would suggest that you get some bias training too. You're going to want some bias training because part of the part of what goes with restorative justice is is, is trying to understand the plight of the, the the children that you have. What's going, you know, trying to understand who they are as people, 
what's going on in their lives. And in order to understand what's going on in life in their lives, you have to understand what biases you might be coming into the classroom with you might, that you might not be aware of. And, and that's not to say that like, there's anyone that's like prejudiced or anything like that. But if you, if, if you belong to a culture that believes things are a certain way and you have kids that don't, that come from a culture that do not believe that things should be that particular way, you're going to clash. Mm-hmm. And so that sort of training is necessary. I would also suggest, but you don't have to get mindfulness training. That would be good. That would really help. That totally lends itself to this. Making sure that you have mediators, the school. If, if we're talking about, we're talking about like what really helps restorative justice for a, from a school perspective. You're going to want people from the community. You're going to want leaders from the community that 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 want to be there, that want to serve as me- mentors as well you're going to want to try to create avenues for students to be able to get employment. You want to give them avenues for that. That's going to decrease the chances of them looking for alternative means of employment, like those illegal ones that we really don't want them doing. <laughs> giving them giving them opportunities for these things, giving them opportunities for mentorship, giving them oppor- understand trying to understand the plight that they go through and trying to give them help and advice and counseling going through that. Oh, speaking of counseling, you're going to need more counselors. You're going to need more counselors because you're going to find out how stressed out your kids really are. And they're stressed out. So if you're a teacher in a school and the administration doesn't see the need for restorative justice, is there something that you can implement within your own classroom, even though that overall structure isn't there? So first and foremost, schools are much more effective with it with it being like a top-down system than it is a bottom-up system. I do want to say that before I give you this advice. <laughs> so so it will work a lot better if it's a whole school thing. But if you if you the educator say I I, I don't like I don't like the idea of, of, of being punitive, you you can change your own mindset on the way that you look at behavior yourself. You can do that. You can get bias training and restorative justice training on your own. You can read the books on your own. Like those are those are totally and they're totally helpful too. Uh, I don't I don't think I've read a I don't think I've read a book on restorative justice that I haven't liked, but I've only read like four five books, so uh, I haven't read the library on them. But you know, uh, I've I've read some pretty helpful things, and and they've and they've they've influenced they've influenced my practice of it a, a lot. You can put it you can have your kids circle up you can you can you can take role asking those questions uh of how they're doing you can check in with them you can create a personal relationship with them you can do that you can team build in your classroom um you can you can facilitate your students getting to know one another you can give them choice and voice in their classroom you can do all these things without your your ap or your principal getting involved necessarily and and they will go up they will go miles toward you know giving your students the type of environment that they really need to be to be successful honestly um and 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 as less stressed out as humanly possible (laughs) so uh you mentioned that you've read some books do you have any particular resources that would be helpful for anyone who's interested in learning more about restorative justice i mean aside from the epic like restorative justice padlet i mean that's that's got I was just looking through that before we were talking, like you and I were talking about it. Like mm-hmm. I, I was just looking through that. The, the thing's got so much stuff in it. I mean, we've got 
I found every TED talk that I could find on restorative justice practices. I'm going to start putting in because I'm doing the research for my doctorate. I'm going to start putting in re- research from journals about restorative justice in that. So if you still have administrators that do not believe that this is a good idea, show them the research because it's there. I'll link that Padlet, which is great because it'll still be live and added as I'm sure you and uh, others yeah. will be adding to it. So I'll put that link on uh, on the website with the show notes. Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, if you if you're listening to this and you've got more resources, go there. Add it, please. Please. <laughs> like really sharing is caring. I mean, we want to build our knowledge of restorative justice practices like that doesn't that doesn't really end so much for us. Part of creating it is to get a better and deeper understanding of how to do this well for our kids because we the reason why you would do this is because you care about your kids that those 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 punitive punishments don't really work so are there any communities out there for educators that they can join to discuss and learn more about restorative justice there's restorative justice league can you can you explain that for everybody because yeah i I know what restorative justice league is but i don't (laughs) i don't know that everybody listening so so the restorative justice league um case zikowski and i started the restorative justice league uh and basically what it what it is is it's it's a group of uh of of practitioners and you know people aspiring to be practitioners admin others that want to learn that want to know more about it go we talk about best practices we talk about we talk about you know, what happens with us, you know, so we, we, you know, we recap our days and things like that. We really try to build a camaraderie and, and knowledge around implementation of, uh, of, of restorative justice practices, uh, what they look like, what they should look like, what do we need to op- to make them better. It's, it's, it's like a daily ongoing, how do we do this better um, conversation? And I think Frankly, we should be having these sorts of conversations with a lot of things in regards to education. But there is that. So um, where is this community housed? Like what are what are some of your locations? I know you you have a bunch of them, but we, we got Voxer. We've got the Twitter chat. We have a Facebook page. We have a we have a blog. We have a blog that like has all the links to everything. So that's that's also helpful. All, yeah, and all of that, all of that too, will be will be in the show notes. So no yes. worries. Do you have a scheduled time for that Twitter chat? Sundays, Sundays at five West Coast time, five Pacific, eight on the East. They're they're in remission for right now. We're gonna start those. Look for it. Look look for those um, end of end of um, end of August. And what is the hashtag that you use for that? RJ League chats. Yeah, the hashtag is RJ League Chat. Uh, tolerance.org has some uh, anti-bias stuff. That's a good place. Uh, Oakland Unified School District has a ton of things, and they 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 really lead the way with a lot of this work. Definitely, uh, Edutopia has some stuff. There is also the National Association of Community and Restorative Justice. Get involved with them, and plus, there there are probably some some local. Before I start naming them off, there there are more than likely local groups because restorative justice is 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 a is a, is a largely community based thing. So odds are there's there's probably a group near you that's that's doing restorative justice in the community or trying to do restorative justice in the community or trying to do implement it, uh, it, it especially with youth 
youth justice, trying to keep our kids from having their behavior criminalized. Kids could go to jail for misbehaving in school. So do you have any final pieces of advice or tips or tricks for for anybody out there who's who's thinking about restorative justice? Yeah, this isn't a reactionary thing. This isn't a punitive thing. Don't make it. If you really believe that criminalizing children behavior is bad, then this is a good thing to go to. And if you really believe that, if you really believe that cr- criminalizing behavior is bad, you have to come through with the mindset of I will look for I will look to understand my students and I'll look to listen to my students and I'll look to create relationships with my students so I can be a better teacher for them because that's what happens. You need to be willing to talk about your life. You have to be willing to talk about yourself. You have to be willing to be vulnerable uh, because truthfully, the, the person who is most vulnerable first wins in this system. The moment that you're able to start talking about and sharing and letting kids in, the moment that they'll start letting you in and that makes your job 10 times easier. All right. Well, thank you so much. And where can people find you? On Twitter, it's uh, Mr. Small 215. On Voxer, it's the same thing, Mr. Small 215. I'm always there. Hit me up. That's a good, those are that's a good place to get in contact with me. I know Twitter you are very Voxer. active on Voxer. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. And pe- people tag me and stuff on Twitter all the time that, you, you know, the Voxer's great. Yes. Voxer's yeah. great. It'll go right to me, generally, yeah. Uh, do you have your? Do you have a blog or a website of your own? Uh, the blog is mindpizza.com. Well, thank you so very much for taking the time to talk to me, and I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It was fun. I enjoyed it. It was a great time. A big thank you again to Victor. And if you would like to connect with Mr. Small, he is on Twitter at MrSmall215. Or you can also catch up with him on his webpage, MindPizza.com. That information can also be found, along with other information about restorative justice, on the show notes on my website, AplusEdTech.com. 